Okay, let's set our intents for this episode. Our intent is to help educate people and allow them to be more comfortable with their body, with the way they communicate, with the things that they want and find pleasure in, to help people develop a mindset around being able to say no and set boundaries. And hold people accountable to not reacting to their no. Yes. So she, so he could be tickled. Yeah. And they ended up developing their their husband wife relationship to a point where they didn't want the dom there because they came to the conclusion that she could tickle him until she got so pissed off that she would fucking hit him. Because her fetish was just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, she fucking got off on it. But the issue that causes anytime she moved, he would flinch. And they're like, can you help us? Press foreplay. What is up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of Just Press Foreplay. February is love month, and so we're going to spend the entirety of this month on episodes that are BDSM related. The topic of BDSM has so much meat to it. It is something that is a practice. It is something that is a developed skill. So no one is going to have all of the answers on what is right for you, what is right for your experiences, or um, what is right for how you want things to go when you are in this type of experience. So these episodes are going to be designed to help you figure that out for yourself so that way you can be educated before going into an experience to help you avoid any traumas. Before we get into that, Pinterest board, go to our website, justpressforeplay.com. This is where you're going to find all of our links. The Pinterest board is going to have a lot of videos related to this. All of our Shibari videos, if we reference any of that for uh, BDSM month, those are going to be under the Valentine Dread. I'm not going to double post them, so you guys can go look at those if you'd like. Reddit tab, if you are inspired to share any stories or if there are any ideas that we missed in this episode that you think are important to hit on, pop over to the Reddit page. You can write me anonymously there. If you don't mind not being anonymous, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are now on Gab as well. All of those links, like I said, you can find on justpressforeplay.com. And if you haven't checked out our merch shop, please, please, please go look. We have put some really, really exciting things in there for you all. All of the designs are original logos created by us for you. And again, if you ever have suggestions or anything that you'd like to see in the shop, let me know. I'd be happy to create it for you. All right, let's get into BDSM. So what the fuck does BDSM mean, first of all? BDSM is bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadistic, masochist? Yep, some people call it sadomasochism. Yes, sadistic is pleasure in inflicting pain, where masochistic is enjoying receiving pain. So having sadomasochist as the full word is the theory of giving and receiving and enjoying pain. (laughs) I want to reiterate before getting too far into this that BDSM is, it can kind of come off as kind of a scary culture to people who don't understand what it is. It is not a world of abuse and violence. And I think that that's something that people don't fully understand or when they're invited into an experience that's kind of related to this, they think that they just need to accept everything that is happening to them. And that's very much not the case. And that's why we wanted to put this episode together for you so that way you can have the whole picture around the respect that is involved in this type of world. Um, A very common term within the BDSM community, uh, a couple acronyms that they have. So RAC is risk, awareness, consent, and kink. So always keep this in mind that awareness, risk, consent, and kink, these are all components that are going to make the whole of what you're experiencing, but no violence, no abuse. So if at any point you're feeling like you're being neglected or mistreated, this is not part of the culture. And you may be in an abusive relationship. Yes. Also, another acronym is going to be SSC, which is safe, sane, and consensual. And with this, what I really want everyone to understand is if you are in a place where you are feeling very low, very depressed, these types of sexual activities are not going to make you feel better. So don't think that getting into the BDSM world is going to remove you 
from feeling any type of mental distress that you're feeling, if you're going into an experience with another person or with a group of people, you need to be in a good place mentally. You need to be in a good place mentally and physically because if you're not, you're probably not going to communicate very clearly what you need from the situation going on. You're going to end up having a really bad experience because you're not going to be able to communicate your limits and your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it can end up being more traumatizing than liberating, and that's not what anyone wants. The person who's performing with you is not going to want you walking away feeling like you've been mistreated or uncared for. So I think that we should start with addressing consent culture because this is one of the most important aspects to keeping not only you safe, but your partner safe. And this goes both ways, whether you're the dominant or you're the submissive. Being the dominant, you want to make sure that there's not going to be anything coming back at you after the experience. You don't want anyone leaving traumatized, like I said, and you don't want anyone leaving saying anything about how you treated them in a negative light. So by making sure you understand consent culture, you're saving yourself from from that. And also being the submissive, you're saving yourself from, like I said, from any types of traumas. Because if you're afraid to speak up, there's no space for you to be putting a dominant in the position of taking advantage of you. You know, it's kind of something you need to look out for for yourself. So the most important thing with consent, consent cannot ever be given under fear. And I'm going to bring in pedophilia in this because I think this is a huge, huge thing that needs to be addressed, especially with consent culture. If you are a teenager and if you are a child, there are certain situations in which people can manipulate your perceptions of what's going on. If your perception has been manipulated, you don't have an area in which to give consent because you're not educated on what is about to happen to you. And because you're not educated on it, you can't fully agree to what's about to happen. So it very much needs to be adult to adult. If you have a fetish for little kids, which I freaking hate saying, that's something that you need to address in a manner that is with there, there are people who enjoy regression and participating as if they were a child. So that's the type of relationship you need to be seeking out. Do not be touching children and do not be manipulating or grooming young teenagers into thinking that this is an experience that they want. Adults to adults only. That is your responsibility as an adult to understand that and to not allow yourself to get into situations where you may lose control and not be able to stand by those standards. If you're ever in a situation where you can't control yourself in those standards, please seek professional help. Seek a therapist. Figure out why you're drawn to kids because that's not fucking normal. It is not normal to be attracted to anyone who who is not of that age. We're in a day and age where that's just wrong. There's plenty of people out there who have weird, well, not weird. I won't say weird because there's no kink shaming, but who have different types of fantasies and things like that. So there's always going to be an adult partner that can fulfill some type of fantasy in which you have. So address that. That also brings me into intoxication and being under the influence of any medications or any type of thing like that. If it's going to be altering the way you're able to communicate or if it's going to be altering your state of mind, you have no business in doing that. It's it's uh, does a disservice to not only yourself, but also the person who is going to be playing with you. So have respect for that. Have respect for the culture in that regard, because it's a beautiful culture when it's treated right. And when the information is is accurate and respected as it should be. So don't ruin that for the community that's been built around it. So I want to talk about the difference between high consent and low consent. Because there are, and I had mentioned this in the previous episode of Should I Be Laughing, I had said, you know, in in the very beginning that there are certain situations where you don't want to be asked continuously, can I do this? Can I do this to you? Sometimes it can be a huge turnoff. So some people have very low consent type of standards and some people have very high consent standards. And what that means is some people are yes means yes, There's no blurring between the lines. If I say no, it means no. And yes, as a submissive, you always have the right in any moment to be like, that's too far. 
with someone who is low consent, they're going to let you know where their boundaries are beforehand. And then as long as you're sticking within those boundaries, they're okay with you trying new things from an from a place of respect. A place of respect and a place of, of learning how to give them pleasure through what they want. You're not there to satisfy your needs of, I need to fucking whip someone because I get off on it. It's it's sharing an experience with someone is like, hey, this is something they want to explore. I want to be here for them to please them. Yes. So trust always needs to be built first. You can't go into these experiences, especially with a brand new partner, and not have any trust built. Being in a dom-sub type of sexual relationship or even just relationship in general, there's a huge amount of trust that is built, and it is built over time. A lot of people who have play partners, it's not a one-time thing. They find a play partner who they enjoy this type of play with, and they continue to grow that trust and bond with each other. And as you get further down the road with an individual, learning more on what they like, you're going to get to explore things that they didn't necessarily tell you they like, but it gets to that point where you guys are so comfortable with each other and you trust each other so deeply that you can do things you didn't think that you would be able to do in the beginning. But that's somewhere down the road. So respect the relationship that you're building with them so that you can get there as a goal. For the first time with your partners, it's very important to not play with sensory disorientating things. Because if you're blocking, say you're using a gag for your first time with a partner, they can't communicate to you if something went too far because they can't speak. And so it can be very uh, triggering for certain people. So my suggestion for your first time with play partners, for your first few times with play partners, don't do anything that's going to alter your senses. You want to be able to communicate. You want to be able to have that eye contact and that intimacy built through fully sensing everything. And then also keep in mind that there's safety and simplicity. So it's your say it's your first time playing with shibari ropes. You're not going to do the most extreme type of rope type tying on a person. You're not going to do something in which you don't know how to untie them afterwards. You want to start really small. You want to do things that are very, um, very slow and intimate. The pace is going to be the most important thing here. So say you're a dom and you're very, very experienced and your submissive is not. You are going at their pace. You're not going at your own pace because you can have experience in things that they have no idea they're consenting to. And that's why you need to take it very slow. Keep it simple. It's going to save your ass in the long run. Also negotiate beforehand. Yeah, we'll get to that. This is meant to be fun. It's not meant to be scary. It's even though there's domination in it. It's not meant to be dominating in the way of you have no choices, you agreed to this. It's meant to be fun, it's meant to be playful, it's meant to be exciting, and it's meant to it's meant to explore your body in ways that you haven't before. So it's okay to express yourself, and it's encouraged to express yourself. Even in the moment, say you thought you would like something, but you actually don't, there's so many playful ways to back off of something and then bring in something else instead. There's so many playful ways to word it in which you're not going to be offending your your um, your dominant partner and you're not being disrespectful as a submissive. At no point, just because you said yes to something, does that mean that you are obligated to everything that this person has in store for you? There should be no perceived obligations whatsoever. For your first few times, that communication always, always, always needs to be the forefront. If your dom is not interested in communicating with you and finding where your pleasures are find a different dom they are not good at what they're doing they're there for their own pleasures they're not there for you i think a really good question that you guys both should address before getting into any situations are what are our goals for this experience and what are our intentions for each other you need to ask these questions before getting into sexual play because this is going to show you where that person's heart is at in wanting to explore your body. BDSM can become very, very scary if you're not holding the individual accountable to how they're speaking to you and how they're treating you. If anyone is coming into this and they're like, no, 
you're listening to me. This is what I want. This could be someone who has a lot of deep psychological issues that need to be addressed. And by you allowing them to perform these things on you without holding them accountable, you are creating a situation in which they're going to continue to do it to the next partner. Uh, when we were watching the fucking show uh, Bonding and they got that call for the guy named a price and they're like, hey, normally we vet our, our clients beforehand. And they end up going over there and it ends up being a guy that the assistant recognizes as someone who had been had put hands on another girl before. So it's like making sure that you're aware of having situational awareness and making sure that like if you're in an uncomfortable situation, you can say no. Just because you went over to the house, just because you went there does not mean that you consented to whatever action or whatever thing they want to do. Because he goes, how much will, how much would it cost for me to do whatever I wanted to? And as soon as someone wants to do that. That's self-seeking pleasure. That's that's narcissism. That's something you want to stay far, far away from. You want to you want to have people who are there to enjoy the experience and and help you enjoy the experience also. Yes, and even though it's subdom, it's still symbiotic. It's still a symbiotic relationship. You guys are it's power plays. It's push and pull. This is your role. This is my role. But the symbiotic symbiosism, the symbiotic nurturing is still there. So the mindset that you need to have when you're going into these situations are, for one, complete respect for the culture. If you're not familiar with the terminology, educate yourself on it. Don't go jumping into this not knowing anything. You need to look at multiple sources of information. See YouTube videos, some relationships of people who are in these types of like power plays with each other. There's people who are sex slaves. There are people who do 24-7 submissive. There's so many different aspects. None of them are wrong. None of them are shameful. None, none of them you should ever think of as like, oh my God, that's freaking weird. We all have different things that we desire and that's okay because there's so many people in the world that you have the opportunity to find the ones who understand where you're at and want to play in the way that you want to play as well. But clear communication needs to be the forefront of your mind always. If you're unable to communicate, if you're super shy and can't express yourself, that's something you need to figure out. You can't go into these situations being that way. You will be taken advantage of because someone will be able to smell it off you and they'll know this is an amateur. And if it's someone who has psychological desires in manipulating people, you're going to be their target and you're going to get traumatized from it. And you don't want that. Remember that desires can change in any moment. So if you're communicating with your partner, yes, that sounds really exciting. I want to do that. If you're in the midst of it and something changes for you because you're human, it happens. There's so many times where you can be in the middle of something and you're like, whoa, this took a turn. I'm not interested anymore. You have every right to say that you are done and you're uncomfortable or you want to switch it up. You need to. Because also keep in mind, you may enjoy how someone tied you up in one situation, but say you're meeting a new partner and you consent to them tying you up, but you don't like something about the way that they're treating you when you are being tied up. Your experiences are going to be different with each person. Every person loves in a different way. Every person does things in a different way. So just because you enjoy it over here with this person doesn't mean this person's going to treat you exactly the same. It could be better. It could be worse. So just keep in mind, just because you said yes doesn't mean you have to stick to yes. BDSM is very much a learned experience. Um, so like I said, the smaller you start, the smaller, the simple, the better. You want to slowly progress yourself into adding in more things that might be interesting to you. But you don't want to just go jump full in balls deep and be like, oh, what the fuck just happened to me? It's going to be mentally draining on you. And emotionally draining on you too. Mm-hmm, very much. There is a thing called peer-to-peer -peer negotiations. If you have a partner who is excited to do things with you but doesn't offer any negotiations beforehand, they're uneducated in how these power plays work. There always needs to be negotiations beforehand. Negotiations save you from being triggered in any way. Negotiations save you from them being like, well, you said this. No, no, no. These are where my boundaries are. These are the things I enjoy. These are the things I absolutely do not enjoy. 
these are my maybes, we'll see. Like these negotiations need to happen. You need to keep in mind that you guys are two parts of one whole experience. It's not two individuals experiencing two different things. It's like yin and yang. I'm enjoying this because you enjoy receiving this. So how do you negotiate? You need to find out if your dom is high protocol or low protocol. Typically with high protocol, they already have a document in which tells you their rules and regulations for what it is they want of their, we'll say, of their submissive. Low protocol is not a lot of expectations, but here's what their expectations are. Now, keep in mind, this is still negotiations. So just because they're a high protocol dominant does not mean you need to agree with everything that is on there. If they tell you that they don't want to play with you if you don't agree with everything that's on there, that's where you need to make your conscious decision. Is this a partner I want to play with? Or do I want to go find another partner who will respect where my boundaries are? Because an individual who is respectful of the BDSM world and is very high protocol, they are going to want you to want to do these things. They're going to want to feel wanted and needed and desired. But like I said, it's symbiotic. It needs to be both ways. So if you're not enjoying yourself, they're going to recognize that. And if they are a good dom, they will recognize that in the sense of like, they'll back off. If they are someone who is like, what's his name? Army? Army Hammer? Yeah. If they're someone who's like Army Hammer, they have no regard for the individual that they're playing with. They don't care if you're enjoying it or not. They don't care if you're scared or not. They just want to get off themselves. They're in their own world and you are their play toy. It is not that you two are playing together. You are their play toy. And if you don't hold them accountable, they're going to go to someone else and do the same things. So by addressing what you're not okay with, it makes them have to think and alter a little bit. When you're doing negotiations, triggers need to be addressed, whether it be big triggers, small triggers, they need to be addressed. Um, Safe words need to be addressed. You need to ask if they are on medications. You need to ask if they have any body sensitivities or body pains for that day, just so you can, you know, really be careful and nurture them. If you're submissive and your dom is asking these questions of you, you're going to feel so much safer going into the experience. You're not going to feel like you're just blindsided and you're not going to be like a timid little lamb. Instead, you're going to be very excited and that's how it should be. And you're going to be relaxed too. You're going to be comfortable. It's going to make it so much easier for you to orgasm and have a good time. Mm -hmm. It's really worth it to do these pre-negotiations so that everybody's on the same page when you go into it and then you can adjust while you're in it, don't be afraid to adjust and say, oh, hey, I thought I liked that, but I didn't. Oh, oh, hey, I fucking love that. Do more of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you can have the statements be very like gentle, like, oh, that was too hard or something like that. You know, it doesn't always need to be like so cut, dry and hard, you know, unless you like that. <laughs> Figure out where their sensitivities are. Do they have sensitive nipples? Are their nipples, do they like when you pinch their nipples hard? Find these things out. Um, markings is another great question you need to ask. Do you bruise easily? Do you not want any markings on you? Is it okay for a little bit of markings? Everyone's different on the spectrum. So these are all extremely important questions to ask. Well, and keep in mind too, like outside of this, people have professional lives and they can't necessarily show up to work with a bunch of bruises without people asking questions. And a lot of people may not want to be like, oh, I was at this BDSM event last night and I got fucking wrecked. Like some people want to keep that shit private. So, you know, make sure you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about having the peer-to-peer negotiations beforehand is you're not soiling any sexy moments because you already know where all the lines are before. Anal is another good one to ask. Gags. Do they like them? Are they curious in trying them? You're going to want to know if they have any jaw issues or teeth issues because you don't want to be liable if anything happens while they got the gag in. Also, if your partner is down for having a gag, keep in mind that you don't want to be doing any face slapping because you can 
really hurt the inside of their mouth in ways that you don't know. So avoid face slapping, like know that by having a gag, face slapping is off the table. And avoid metal gags because sometimes those leave marks. If your partner doesn't mind marks, that's fine. But keep in mind that gags will leave marks on your face. So another thing to be considered. Also ask about any dental work that they've had done because if they have fillers or caps or molars, a gag might be a little bit harder on them. Uh Uh-huh. Awareness. So in the BDSM community, there are play parties that happen. At these play parties, the goal is for you to be able to try out many different types of toys that you never would have been able to try before. Um, so like flogging, clamps, things like that. When you're, If you decide to go to these play parties, keep in mind how important the terminology is. So you don't want to be, if it's your first time, even if you're a dom, don't go in there like, I'm so ready to make someone submissive to me. You need to respect the culture. You need to respect the community and you need to respect the people who are experts within the community. Ask as many questions as you possibly can think of. That is the point of these play parties, for you to be in a safe environment in which you can explore and get educated, but not be judged. If you come at it with a huge ego, chances are those doms are going to teach you some things that you didn't know you need to be taught. And they may or may not, they they might play with manipulating on your consent a little bit because sometimes your ego freaking needs it if you're going around mistreating people and not understanding you're mistreating people or they may just tell you to fucking leave that's yep chances are they will make you just leave but you know you never know no one wants to babysit (laughs) no and no one wants to be disrespected and no one wants to allow someone to be a leech within the community that gives it a bad reputation um, also with these play parties is your opportunity to learn a lot of the different type of sensation play that can be happening. A lot of the BDSM world is centered around different types of sensation play. So flogging is a really big one. Flogging and whips. The difference is just kind of how they're weighted, the style. There's so many different styles, different heavinesses to them. There's paddles that are made out of metal. There's paddles that are made out of leather. There's so much variety. When you're doing things like flogging, you want to keep to the meaty areas. If you're hitting spots that are bony, you're going to turn off your partner. You're going to bruise them. You're going to hurt them. It's not going to be exciting. So sticking to areas that are meaty and you want to start slow. You want your pace to be like in out. You don't want to be smacking and leaving it there because those are, it's almost like if you were to smack yourself, it's like, it's like being bitch slapped. You get one smack across the face. Like it fucking hurts and it stings. But when you're more of spanking, it's like in out motion. So you're not like just full force in. It's like a flow with how you're doing it. Follow through is key. Yes. If you guys need to and you're not comfortable with a person, get a chair and put a pillow on there. And just practice the motion. Practice getting comfortable holding it, getting comfortable with the weight of it. Practice doing it to yourself so you know exactly what it feels like. better. Yeah. Do not do it on anyone's spine. Do not do it on anyone's neck. Try and avoid, especially with whips, like having the tassels catch the ends of hips because that can hurt a lot on the bone. So stick to all the meaty areas and your partner's going to be really happy and you're going to see their arousal growing. They have nipple piercings. Be very careful of the titties. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. We'll get to that one next. When you're playing with your partner with flogging, you want to slowly build up the pace because you're going to see them getting more and more aroused the more you pick it up. It's almost like that roller coaster, like you're coming up and the anticipation is growing for what's going to happen next. But you're just building that pace with their body. Nipple clamps. (laughs) Yeah, baby. There are a lot of different styles of nipple clamps. Some of them are more aggressive. Some of them are a lot lighter. Some people don't like clamps on their nipples. Labia is another great place to put the nipple clamps. Nipple clamps and a hibachi vibrator, I hear, are fucking amazing. But not having them on your nipples, having them on your labia. The, like, vibration and the weight of it. Heard about it? No, you've experienced the hibachi. Not with clamps. What I'm saying is having clamps on your labia and playing with that. Um, another odd spot that you can put clamps if they don't, if they're a little too shy to have it on a sensitive area like their labia or their nipples, you can put the clamps on the inside of the elbows or behind the knees. These are really sensitive areas that aren't painful, but are very arousing. And, and then when you're removing the clamps from your partner, you want to keep in mind, this is still part of the sexual play. So even though you may be done 
fully playing, you don't just take the clamps off or you, and you also don't have them take the clamps off themselves. You're still playing into this experience. So you want to very slowly remove them one by one, keep it sensual, keep it sexy. Spanking, I don't think I really need to get into that. We all know how to do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> And then another type of sensation play is anticipation. Not knowing when someone's going to be doing something to you. Like you can tie up a partner and leave them there for five minutes and just be talking to them. You can be doing whatever you want to be do be doing in your dominant role. But make them wait a little bit. You're going to see them start to squirm and it's going to be exciting for the both of you. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, people who are in the submissive role, they enjoy the idea of not having control. They enjoy the idea of not knowing what or when. But that's why it's so important to have the negotiations beforehand. Um, so there's a couple different types of terms just that I want to get you guys familiar with when it comes to being in the submissive or being in the dominant role, just so you have a better understanding. Next week, we're going to get into kinks. And so that episode will be a lot of fun. But this episode is mostly around the the mindset and the headspace for the culture. So that way you don't do anything that's going to be detrimental to yourself. Or anyone you're playing with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so operational submission. This is someone who is submissive to their dominant but little is required of you. So basically your dominant just fully has the control of everything. You're in a very relaxed state. So the power play between you two or the power dynamic is there, but you don't really have to do too much. The active submission is where the sub is required to be very attentive to the dom. So this is like borderline and getting more into like submissive slave type where there's things that are expected of you in which you enjoy performing because that's what gets your dom aroused and you too yes because some of us are people pleasers and it's like there's so many areas of life where we're told that you know don't be a people pleaser don't be a people pleaser but it's like there's sexual areas in which being a people pleaser is great as long as you're doing it within the parameters that are going to be beneficial for the both of you and who knows, it may be a fantastic outlet for you to be able to experience that so you can actually have a better life outside of it because those needs are now being met. You're not having to go seek them outside of the bedroom. Yes. Um, with active submission, limits are not being pushed. So there's no surprises being thrown at you that you didn't expect. And this is what keeps it being different from slave submission because slave submission is almost like you enjoy you enjoy not knowing what's going to happen to you. You enjoy the darker side of it. That's what gets you off. This is where boundaries, you don't mind if your boundaries are pushed. And then that also allows the space for your dominant to explore things that they haven't explored either but this isn't something that you're going to start off first you're not going to go into a, a dom sub relationship and be like i want to be slave submission no that's a level of intimacy you need to build up to that's a level of respect that your dom still needs to earn in order to do that to you and that's how you keep that respect for yourself and it's important for you to keep that respect for yourself because you don't want to not realize you're being traumatized until years later. Subspace is another important term. There's two things that happen. There's a physical reaction and a psychological reaction. Basically, in subspace, you have gotten an adrenaline high. You have a lot of serotonin running through your body. Um, have you ever been, it's like being in those sexual situations where you're like, I don't even know who that individual was. I was doing things that I never even knew were things I would be excited to do. That's because you're in a subspace. You're, you're, you have so many levels of a high going on in your body that it's more exciting for you to play on these things that you haven't played before. But keep in mind, this is going to be different for everyone. So some people may, may experience really high highs. Some people may experience very low highs. Um, but subspace is almost like your vulnerable space in which you're willing to try things you wouldn't be willing to do before. Don't let someone manipulate you into this situation, but it's a fun spot to be because you can explore a little more. Dom space is where your dominant is so focused on finding your pleasures 
that that's where the arousal comes in for both of you. And this is actually one of the areas that I really like coming from like our relationship because I feel like you always approach it in that way. You're always looking for what it is that I like. It's my favorite puzzle. And it's a new puzzle every time. So it never gets boring because it's 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 fun. I get off on pleasing you. Like there's there's times where you try and please me or you'll try and play with my dick and I just won't get hard because I'm like, but I'm not giving you pleasure. <laughs> I want to focus I, on I you. I want to focus on you. I love I love you and I love you coming and I love you shaking. And it's like, I'm a guy. I know I can come. It, it, it's easy. And especially like for me, I've noticed that if I'm in the supposition, it's it's over. I'll come in seconds. It's I have no control over it. But being in the dominant position, it it allows me to build that sexual energy and build it up more and focus on you more because I'm I'm easy. I'm simple. I'm a guy. Girls are like the best puzzle you could ever try and solve because it's a new puzzle every single time. And then there's new toys and new vibrators and new whips and new sensual play. And so it's just play with it. It can be so much fun and know know what you like and know. And be willing to try other things. And that's kind of the beauty of having like the same person for your sexual experiences because you guys can get to levels that you wouldn't be able to get just cycling through different regular relationships, if that makes sense. Yes. We're just fortunate that we're both kinky as fuck. (laughs) Certified. So sub drop is something that will happen kind of after all of your arousing experiences. This is where your body's trying to regulate the highs of serotonin that you had. And now you're coming into a spot where you're out of all of that. You're going to feel like a little off or lethargic or emotional or depressed. But that's just because you've kind of depleted those levels in yourself and you just need to regain them again. Don't confuse this with kink shaming. Don't confuse this with, oh my God, what I just did was so awful. Blah, 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 blah. Don't create these stories in your head that don't exist. Your body's just having a natural chemical reaction. Your body's going into recovery mode. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what it is. It is recovery mode. So physical activity is going to help you with this because you're going to get your levels back to where they need to be. You can eat dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is a great antidepressant. Meditation, journaling, watch your favorite movie. Do something that nurtures you. And then you'll get back to to where you're meant to be. But do not shame yourself. There's, there's no reason to be thinking that you're doing anything wrong as long as you're playing with adults and you're exploring with adults. So how do you get started into your scene after going over all of these negotiations? Because the negotiations kind of sound a little rigid and it's kind of like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work before play. And then how do we transition into play? Rituals are going to be a great thing. And this is something that you and your partner are going to need to figure out what are your rituals for yourself so that way you can transition into the proper headspace. A lot of subs will keep a journal and after their experiences with each other, they will write in the journal and the dom has access to that journal so that they can basically be reading into your sexual mind of what you liked, what you didn't like, how things went Um, so that they can love you better the next time and so they can please you better the next time. Writing is a great way to get your thoughts out before you communicate them to someone else. Um, A lot of times it's hard to communicate with another person exactly what you're feeling or thinking, especially in the moment. Mm -hmm. So taking that time to reflect and write it down and and really hone in on what it is is going to give you so much more clarity. And maybe you're not comfortable with having your dom read it. So maybe you read it to him. Or maybe you use that as your as your outline and kind of refine your thoughts and then go and have a conversation with them after that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, to start a scene, you just need to start it. You just need to jump in. And this is where the dom should be taking control. This is where the dom should be saying like, you All right, know. let's play. Yeah, get undressed, we're ready. Like be hungry for your partner. Step into the character that you both just created through your negotiations because that's what you just did or physically move to another area physically move to where they're going to like maybe have the negotiations on the couch and then move to where you're going to be tied up in the bedroom or something like that so it's it's a mental shift too Mm -hmm. figure out what works for you have it be fun have it be playful yep going into i want to elaborate the roles of doms and subs So that way you can understand and decide which one you want to be or if you want to play around with both or what it is that works best for you. So doms, you need you want to change your mindset from I want 
to I want them to feel good. Because if you're going into just an I want mentality, you're not going to be seeing, noticing, and you're lacking the awareness, which is a crucial key component in this type of practice. This happened in our relationship for a solid two years. It, I got to a point where it wasn't about pleasing you. It was about just getting myself off and it ruined everything in the moment. You wouldn't get off. You would be mad. Like there was times where I would do it just to do it. And it, it's it's not the same. Well, and it's funny because I had on the episodes, uh, the Oh My episodes talking about orgasms, I had touched a little bit on edging versus conditioning. And that's where my body had been conditioned to reject orgasms because you weren't noticing when I was about to. And instead, you were accidentally pulling away completely, creating a conditioning in my body to naturally reject orgasms at that point. It's because you were lacking the awareness of what was going on with my body. Exactly. But it can be fixed. You're not doomed. (laughs) No, you know, it totally can be fixed. We're on a whole different level now. (laughs) You need to be checking in with your submissive. This is going to make for a better experience for the both of you, because if you're not checking in on them, they're going to notice that. And it's going to be almost like a scared puppy. Anything that you do, their body's going to be reacting to you with a timid demeanor. <laughs> it's like in bonding the husband and the wife where they went over there so she so he could be tickled. Yeah. And they ended up developing their, their husband-wife relationship to a point where they didn't want the dom there because they came to the conclusion that she could tickle him until she got so pissed off that she would fucking hit him. Because her fetish was just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, she fucking got off on it. But the issue that causes anytime she moved, he would flinch. And they're like, can you help us? (laughs) (laughs) If you guys haven't watched Bonding, it's on Netflix. The episodes are really short. They're like 20 minutes long, but it's a great show. Great show. Especially to learn about this and the culture of it and what it's really like and what what the people go through. It's, it's, I feel like it's a very good representation of the positive side of BDSM and how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And like I said, their pace is your pace. So you can't jump into it at this is my speed. No, you are there to learn about your submissive and their pleasures and what's getting them off because that's how the dom typically gets off. Pay attention to what their body language is telling you. That's crucial. Their body is going to speak way louder than their words are speaking to you. And if you can't tune into that, you have no business being a dom. If you're unsure of how to get started with your submissive, something that's really sexy is you can just tell them, get undressed and masturbate for me. That's sexy. I like that. It's going to remove boundaries and it's going to show you as the dom how your submissive enjoys being touched If they're timid with themselves, like you're going to notice a lot of things about their body language based off how they react to that. Be very connected in every moment. That's one of the most important things between this relationship of sub and dom is it's extremely connected. Take the time to talk through what it is they like or what they'll be interested in. Um, You want to find their boundaries, but you don't want to push them. So it's okay to say things like, would you like if I put these clamps on your nipples instead of I want to put these clamps on your nipples. Do you see the difference? The way it's going to be received is so different because if you say, I want to do this, you're not getting consent from them whether they like it or not. But if you're saying, would you like, it keeps that connection alive between the two of you and it makes them feel like you give a shit on if they would like it or not. It reminds them that that you're there to, to give them pleasure. Yes. Um, As a dom, it's very important to only accept assertive boundaries before play. This is going to protect you from anything that could be backlash afterwards. If they're too shy, then you need to change the tense in, in the way that you're asking things. So that way you can get them to open up a little bit more. But if someone's being bratty to you or if someone is not giving you clear boundaries... I would suggest not having that be a play partner because you risk them leaving and saying that they did that you did things to them they were not okay with. As a dom, it's very important to be careful of who you allow to be your sub Mm -hmm. because there there are people that want to take advantage of those situations and and are too timid. So as a dom, it's very much your responsibility to read the situation and make sure that both parties are comfortable, including yourself. If Mm -hmm. you're uncomfortable playing with a sub because they're not clear on what they want and they can't articulate that, 
you're, address you just it. address it right away because you're looking to, it's just going to get you in trouble down the road if you don't address it then. Yep. Over communicate everything. And I know this is a big, big repeat of all of our episodes and all the things we talk about. Communication is fucking key. Yep. It's so vital. It's so important. And if you feel like you can't communicate, maybe go take some classes or take some lessons or a communication class or go to one of these parties with an open mind and ask a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are ways to educate yourself and get yourself to a point where you can be a good dom. Yes. But your, your role as a dom is to find their boundaries before the sexual moments, not during and not being and blindsided not after. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so open communication, it can be short, simple, sexy, and assertive. And I think those are the things that you need to hold on to. You can guide your sub and narrate to them what you're doing. So like, you know, being like, I'm going to flip you over, open your legs, and we're going to do this. You can narrate them. So that way they kind of feel like they're still a Especially part of a what's happening to situation. them. Mm-hmm. But you really want to be careful to not tell them. You don't want to have forced statements in how you're communicating. So you don't want to be like, what's a good example? Um, I'm going to shove my dick in your mouth and you're going to take it. Now, if you're in a role where you guys negotiated beforehand that that's okay, fine. But that's not how you want to be approaching the situation as a dom if they haven't consented with you that that's what they want. You want to look for ways to word things that are going to be more of more interactive. Would you like it if I shoved my cock so far down your throat? Those kind of things, you know? Plus it's really fucking hot. <laughs> and and it's and it's kind of almost asking a question. It's almost like asking a um rhetorical question because you know the answer, but it's still formulated in a way that is that is sexy and that is consensual. Is and they're not- going to be more open to it. Because it comes from a place that's more exciting. Exactly. Um, So one thing that I also find really sexy with the dom-sub type of environment is having control over your partner's orgasms. Having control over when they orgasm. And that's also a really fun part of being the submissive is you have no control of when that happens for you. So your dom can get you almost to the point. So your dom is edging you and then removes changes the scene, changes what they're doing to you, and continues to edge you. Then when they're ready, as a dom, when you are ready to have your submissive come, a really fucking sexy way to do it is ask them, are you ready to come? Do you want to come now? If you're playing with sensation play, when you ask this question, remove the sensation. Start at 10 and count down to one. When you get to one, tell them to come and replace the sensation. You are going to give them an overload of things that are going on that they will come for you. They've been waiting to come for you. And this is going to be such an exciting, sexy way to be like, okay, now. The floodgates have opened. (laughs) And then the last thing for that I find the most important. This is actually probably the most important as your role as a dom. The aftercare. If you have your submissive, you got them to climax or you guys are done playing because BDSM is not always about sex. It's not always about intercourse. It's not always about climax. It's mostly about play. Play, learning sensations, arousing each other in in different ways, but it doesn't always need to be sex related. But afterwards, aftercare needs to happen. As a dom, you are responsible for comforting the individual in which you just played with. You're responsible for making sure they have water, making sure they feel nurtured, giving them a hug for as long as they need, doing the cuddling. You don't get to just pack up your shit and leave. Part of your role as a dom is providing that care for them. And a lot of the times for the submissive, that's the most exciting part. They enjoy all of the torturous play because they enjoy the nurturing that comes afterwards. So it's a full circle experience. If you as a dom are not caring about those things, you have no business being a dom. You are someone who is borderline extremely narcissistic, and I hope it doesn't get further than that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how do I word this nicely? Right. Ask your submissive, was anything uncomfortable for you at any time? This question is going to make them feel so much like you give a fuck. 
And if you enjoyed playing with this person, you're going to increase your chances of them wanting to play with you again. As a dom, if you don't take care of your submissive, they're not going to come back to you. You may have just ruined their entire perception on BDSM as a whole. So keep that in mind. Like you are controlling the experience that someone's having. So don't ever let it be soiled because you didn't care to give them the nurturing they deserve at the end. Plus, who the fuck doesn't like to snuggle? What the fuck? Right. Well, some people think that in the BDSM world, it is just about these things and they, they remove the connection from it. They think that it's just about using toys on a human as if they're an animal. But no, that's not the case at all. There's so much more to it. There's so much. The connection is so deep between these people who are playing these things. The trust is so deep. You're dealing with, you know, traumas that people don't talk about but are sexually exploring. And it's a very delicate place to be. If you're the submissive and your dom is forgetting to check in with you, um, you need to address it in the moments that it's happening. If you're not feeling checked in on at all, you need to ask like, hey, are you, are you, are you going to check in on me? This holds them accountable. And then it also lets you know on if they're forgetting to check in on you because maybe they're not a super advanced dom and they're just really into the moment. It helps them remember that the connection needs to be there. But they can't be, you don't know what you don't know. And if someone's not addressing you with it and instead just leaving the experience upset, you're doing your both of you a disservice. And that person's probably going to feel really bad if they hear later on that they treated you that way, but you didn't let them know that that's how you felt. The communication has to be there. Okay, so for submissives, there's a big debate on, I feel like, on the codependency mentality. If it works well in the dynamic that you both have, then that's great. And that's kind of where the spectrum of these labels are all going to be individual-based. There's no, like, this is this and this is that. Like, come on, there's too many people in the world for everything to be so cut and dry. I'm fucking tired of it. Codependency, like you might be someone who's used to being codependent. Your role may fit better as a submissive because like I said, you're a people pleaser. You enjoy, you, you, you know, you enjoy pleasing the other person or doing things for the other person that make them happy. But also keep in mind, you're the one who's choosing to submit. Just because you're someone who's normally submissive or normally codependent or whatever, it doesn't make you obligated to be one way or the other. You may find out that you're a people pleaser who likes to be a dumb because you like pleasing people. Exactly. It's a, it's a persona that you're stepping into. It doesn't need to be the person that you are at work. It doesn't need to be the person that you are with your friends. You're creating a character for yourself to be able to explore your sexual desires. If you're being abused as a submissive and then romanced afterwards, that's manipulation. Do not allow yourself to be in this type of situation because you're going to develop things psychologically that aren't going to be serving you in the best way. And it's all going to be because you're avoiding the communication or you're thinking, well, I'm the submissive, so my dom can do whatever they want to me. No, that's not the case at all. You are an individual before anything else. You are a human before anything else. And if at any point you are uncomfortable or you feel like you're being taken advantage of or someone is hurting you, you need to be the person who stands up for yourself in those situations. No one else is going to stand up for you because no one else knows it's happening. So address your dom and don't be passive. It's okay to be an assertive sub. Right. And it's like, and that's where the peer-to-peer negotiations happen. You know, that's why it's so important to have this beforehand. Because if you're a sub who enjoys that stuff, great. But those things need to be addressed beforehand. And I want everyone to be very cautious of the difference between being a sub and being abused. Your dom or your top should never, never, ever be shaming you. If at any moment you say you don't like that and they're like, oh, come on, but I was so excited to, or what do you mean? I'm the dom. You're just going to take it. These are people who need to be addressed for disrespecting the way that the BDSM culture works. The only way that they're going to be able to be addressed is if you are addressing it because you are the one in the moment. 
it's not okay to shame people. It's not okay to have pressuring comments that manipulate people into saying or doing things they don't necessarily want to do. Um, sub, sub does not mean that you have to be degraded or you need to listen to every, to everything that your dom is saying you need to do. You have every right to stop if at any point you're uncomfortable. I cannot reiterate this enough. And don't wait until it's too late. I think the scariest thing being, because usually submissives are, presumptually usually submissives are people who are going to be a little bit more shy because they don't have that dominant nature to them. But you don't want to let things get too far before you have the confidence to say no. Because if you're having a hard time saying no now, imagine where they're going to take it and how much harder it's going to be to say no then. Which is why you need to address the small things early on because then that puts those, those guardrails and reminds them where your boundaries are. If you set up your peer-to-peer negotiations but don't hold them accountable while they're playing with you, that's... Complete manipulation. It negates the whole point of the negotiation. Uh-huh. Um, while you're doing peer-to-peer negotiations with your dom, it's very important to let them know, are you a high-consent individual or are you a low-consent individual? High-consent individual, um, like I said, yes means yes. There's no gray area. Low-consent means after negotiations are over, once we're playing, there's some people who enjoy pretending they don't want it. But that's something that needs to be addressed in the peer-to-peer negotiations. If you're not holding your dom accountable to peer-to-peer negotiations, you need to consider what are they doing to other people when they're not with you? What are they doing to other submissives who are maybe less advanced than you are or not as strong as you are? Consent is your responsibility to hold them accountable and maintain accountability. And you're protecting the next person who's going to be their partner afterwards based off how you held them accountable. And that's something so massive we need to remember in almost all of our relationships. What's your intent for me needs to be a question that is on the forefront of your mind. What is your intent for me so that way you know if their intent is to truly play with you or if there's someone who's a sick fuck and you need to run? Dude, it's true. Like, there are some sick fucks out there, and it's a scary world to jump into if you're not educated on how to keep yourself safe. Same same one I was talking about earlier where they showed up at the guy's house, and he locked the guy in the bathroom, and she's like, all right, nope. I don't care how much money you paid us. This is, nope. Yep. You crossed the line. We're leaving. Yep. Um, if you're the submissive and speaking what you want is hard, consider writing it out. Or creating a visual for your dom when you're doing your peer-to-peer negotiation. So you can be like, I watched this movie and I really enjoyed this scene. I thought this was sexy, blah, blah, blah. You can speak in third person if it's difficult for you to say, I want you to strap me up, spank me, do this. Some people it's hard to do I want you to statements. And that's totally fine. You can write it out. You can. There's many ways to express what is exciting to you without it being directed at just you, if that makes sense. Um, There is also the role of a switch and a switch is someone who has moments of enjoying being a dom and someone who enjoys having moments of being a submissive. I would say I'm probably a switch in the sense that I would be dominant towards females, but I enjoy being submissive to you. (laughs) Top and bottom is another term that you will hear. Top is typically referred to as the dom, bottom typically the submissive. The only difference in this is that there's no power exchange. You don't control the bottom. So if you're someone who enjoys the idea of being submissive, but you don't ever want to be told you cannot or you can do certain things, top bottom is probably more the terminology that you're looking for because it's not such a controlled, you just enjoy being on the bottom. And the last terminology is a fetishist. We say that word? Fetishist. So close to fascist. It's hard. It's hard to not mispronounce that. Fetishist is someone who is aroused by specific types of fetishes. This is different from just having kinks because a fetishist needs to have that component in order to get fully aroused, whether it be feet, whether it be leather. There's certain types of things that they're interested in that they need to have in order to to fully get there. There is a website I found. 
So if you are curious in getting into the BDSM world or you just want to explore and communicate with other people, FetLife.com, it's F-E-T-L-I-F-E.com. It's organized like a Facebook profile would be, but it's just for BDSM community. So people who are into all types of kinks, all kinds of stuff. So if you have questions, you want to explore the world deeper without fully diving in, not knowing what you're doing, start a profile on there so that way you can meet people in the community. You can have conversations about anything and everything. Um, people are opening up to it more. It's not treated as like this scary taboo that it used to be treated as. It's a beautifully connected, intimate community. And if you're interested in it, go check FetLife out. Anything else you want to add as far as mindset goes? You fucking slayed it, babe. I don't think there's really, really anything else to add. Communicate, cool. set boundaries. If you're uncomfortable, no matter what's been said before, you can always fucking change your mind. Um, you're never locked into anything. It's your life. It's your reality. You, you control it. Don't, don't let pre-knowledge or, or what you think is right or wrong defer you or deter you or, or control you in any way. And don't let anyone scare you into doing anything. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that I want to reiterate for this episode. Even if you are in a situation and you're like, if I say no right now, they will hurt me. That's the case. Punch them in the throat, kick them in the balls and run. The universe always provides. Always. Always. There will always be something within your reach, something that can allow you to break free. If you choose to just stay in that moment, you risk so much more of lo losing yourself than them physically doing anything to you if that makes sense. But chances are the red flags were there before you were in that position in which you can't get out of. And so remember, in those moments when you're catching red flags, is this going to put me in a dangerous situation later? That's the whole point of having the peer-to-peer -peer negotiations. That's the whole point of going to these play parties so that way you can get yourself comfortable with the world that it is involved in before getting yourself involved in one person's world who's not going to treat you right on it. Last thing before I let you guys go, there is an amazing letter by Aziz Ansari. He's a stand-up comedian, but... He's got a great letter that really addresses kind of a, a perspective that not a lot of us recognize happens in the world. Sorry, I'm having a hard time finding it. It's, it's going to be really hard to find because it's the male perspective on something that actually could benefit society. You guys, I just spent hours scouring the internet trying to find this letter that Aziz wrote back in, it was like, it was more than two years ago. It was like at least four or five years ago. And it was so beautifully written. And what he had said in it was, he was reflecting on the time he had spent with this girl and how her communication had never said that she was uncomfortable with anything. Her body language was very shy and she was meek, but she wasn't communicating that anything was wrong. And for his young adolescent mind, he didn't recognize that those were signs of her wanting to say no, but not physically or verbally saying no. And that he was so young at the time that there was no way for him to recognize that. Of course, I can't find it because in 2017, he has all of these allegations with the female who didn't, it's, it's very controversial. You can look it up if you want to. I'm not going to get involved in that because there's so many ways that situations can be handled and there's so many ways that situations can be mishandled. But at the end of the day, if you are not using your words and you are not speaking up and you are not saying with assertive passion how you're feeling and what you need you cannot expect the other person to read your mind to be able to dictate how the experience is going for you if you're not being open about it there's so many times where people are wishy-washy or very very passive and some people are just that way so how can someone read their mind for you? They can't. It is your personal responsibility to speak up for yourself, to be aware for yourself in the moment. If you leave a situation and then you want to elaborate and make everything extremely prevalent after it's happened, 
it's blindsiding to some people because you weren't communicating throughout. And perception is reality. And if you don't know that someone's uncomfortable and they're pretending to not be uncomfortable for whatever reason or whatever, whatever, like I said, we are not going to get into the details of it because neither you or I were there during the moment. But in order to prevent these things from happening, you need to take the responsibility to be aware for yourself, to speak up for yourself and to be and to have pride in that in knowing that it's your body and you don't need to put up with anything. It's so hard with these celebrity situations because you never know what the motive is or if it was genuine or if it was a power play or what the details were that brought it together. But that's why we have words. That's why we have communication and we need to be transparent and vulnerable in those moments, not afterwards, not later on, not once you've had time to think about it and decide how you felt about it. In the moment is when it needs to be addressed. And that's my hope for what you take from this episode. You have the courage and the strength to understand what's happening to you when, if you like it, and having the courage to speak up and say if you don't like something because no one should ever be doing anything to you that you don't like, but they don't know you don't like it if you don't say it. All right, next week we will do kinks. It will be a lot of fun, I promise. But just like any normal situation, sometimes there are things that need to be addressed before you can get to all of the goods, okay? So this was our communication part of it. Next week we will get into all of the kinks of it. I love you guys. Like and subscribe, justpressforeplay.com. Send me your stories. Send me some feedback. Talk to me, whatever you wanna do, justpressforeplay.com. I love you guys.